is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Here it is, the Friday before the three-day weekend, Memorial Day, which is a day in which we honor those who have fallen in defense of this country. And we certainly do on this program, and for the vast majority of the American people, we certainly do. And these men and women have fought for what? The country. And what does that mean? They fought for the country. They have fought for the principles that are presented in the Declaration of Independence. Our founding document which led to the Revolutionary War. It actually had started before, but still. They fought for our Constitution because it is the Constitution that stands between us and absolute tyranny. And yet we have a progressive movement that rejects both. They reject the principles of natural law and unalienable rights. And in so many ways, and on so many days, they reject the construct of the Constitution. They use it when they think it defends their progressive agenda, and they reject it, calling it the, the thing of a slave society, when they want to attack it. But I want to narrow in a little bit more. I want to narrow in a little bit more. And I started this a little bit yesterday. And I want to continue it today. In our First Amendment, the First Amendment underscores a number of things. Religious liberty, freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of the press. Freedom of the press. What is meant by freedom of the press? What is the purpose of a free press? To protect the principles of the republic? I mean, it is in the Constitution. It's the First Amendment. Is the purpose of a free press to challenge the power of public officials and government generally? Is the purpose of a free press to objectively or or to attempt to objectively report information which we loosely call news is the purpose of a free press to give voice to any views and any group and any movement is the purpose of a free press to promote the common good is the purpose of a free press to defend individual liberty And what if the press are contributing to the deterioration of liberty? What if the press are contributing to the deterioration of a constitutional republic? 
and the institutions that undergird it. What if the press are essentially or mostly the voice of one political party or one, generally speaking, ideology, progressivism? Does any of this matter? I mean, we do have more competition in the media today thanks to technology than we've ever had before. We have citizen journalists, if you will. We have bloggers. We have news websites. We have all kinds of talk radio, podcasting, so forth and so on. The old media in the form of newspapers are dying. This is a complex issue, isn't it? To say, I believe in freedom of the press, what exactly does that mean? And why? Why did our framers, after the Constitution was adopted in Philadelphia and ratified by the states, why did they circle back in the first Congress? They put forward a number of amendments. Why did they put forward this amendment? And in this amendment, the first amendment, highlight, among other things, freedom of the press. Second President of the United States, John Adams, and his party, the Federalists, instituted the Alien and Sedition Act. On the sedition side of the Alien and Sedition Act, they imprisoned newspaper writers, pamphleteers, who they believed were challenging the new republic and its ability to survive. We talked about that. We had Abraham Lincoln and others in between. Again, concerned about the survival of the nation in the middle of a civil war, issuing an executive order to a general to round up certain individuals writing for two newspapers who put out a fake proclamation. Lincoln declaring that sedition. I'm not encouraging these things. I'm encouraging thought. Now, we see these individuals in the media who are not impressive, who are not thoughtful, who do not, in many respects, provide us with information or, again, loosely, news in any form of an objective fashion. Not that it can be perfectly objective, but they can certainly strive to be objective. You can't possibly watch Jake Tapper or Don Lemon or Wolf Blitzer or Brian Stelter or virtually all the hosts on CNN and draw the conclusion that these individuals have as their purpose to inform us as opposed to lecture us. They only challenge the power of certain public officials while they bring on other public officials, predictably, mostly Democrats or wayward Republicans, to attack a public official or public officials they disagree with. They don't give voice to any views or any groups or any movements. They give voice to certain views in which they share their ideological purposes. Their very existence doesn't promote the common good. Their insistence that they are defending freedom of the press doesn't make it so. 
And which principles of the republic are they protecting? Outside of their own jobs and their own industries, the press, which parts of the Constitution are they protecting? Have they not become a power unto themselves? Are they not, in so many respects, an appendage of a single political party and ideology, generally speaking? Should they not, therefore, make it known in a formal way with whom they are siding and against whom they are not? Does any of this matter to you? Given all the sources of media that exist today, that we can access through all kinds of technology and through which they can provide us with all kinds of information? I bring this up because first principles are important, and it's important to understand where they come from, and it's important to discuss them because they have relevance today. I could sit here today and rant on and on about myself, where I live, go on and on, but why would I do that? There's no point in that. Where did this concept of freedom of the press come from in the first place? Where did it come from? These are things I want us to discuss. These are things I want us to think about. And do you think we actually have freedom of the press today, despite all the new platforms and technologies and voices out there? When you look at the main purveyors of quote-unquote news, are they purveying news? Do you even care about news? Are they promoting themselves? Are they promoting a particular party? Are they attacking a particular party? What are they doing? What is their job? Are they, in fact, the press? What are they? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. What would be so wrong about media outlets self-identifying as political, philosophical, or party partisans? Is that not more honest than they're pretending to be purely news operations? We know they're not. We know MSNBC is not a news operation for the most part. We know that CNN's not a news operation for the most part. Management there knows it. We know Fox is not a liberal media outlet. It's not a purely news outlet. Now, they all know it, and we know it. Yet they self-servingly and dishonestly perpetuate this, this obvious lie. It's an obvious lie. You know... At the beginning of the American Revolution, there were about 350 newspapers all through the colonies. 300 officially identified with one party or movement or another. That doesn't hurt freedom of the press. That doesn't undermine the First Amendment. 
In fact, I would argue it strengthens it. Because nothing is worse than these media outlets self-servingly and dishonestly trying to label themselves as something that they're not. CNN is not a news operation. Just because they have some news, that's the exception to what takes place on CNN. MSNBC has decided from a corporate perspective to focus on the base of the Democrat Party, the radical left. Fox News, despite what you hear from the left, has done the best job of trying to create a balance. There's no question it's more conservative than the rest of the outlets. And yet they bring people on constantly, including from the Obama administration, the Clinton administration, Democrats from Congress, to provide some perspective. But there's no question that Fox is more conservative. But when you watch CNN and you watch MSNBC, CNN tries to present itself as a news operation. It's not a news operation. That's okay, but why aren't they honest about it? Why don't they tell the truth? There was a period there when they were getting upset with Sean Hannity, with some others, saying, you know, you never told us this, or you should have said that, or you should have said this. Well, actually, the fact of the matter is, these corporate entities, I mean, that's what they are, billion, multi-billion dollar operations, owned by an uh, overarching major corporation, each one of them. These corporate entities, seems to me, have a responsibility to tell the truth. I'm not saying it should be compelled, but to tell the truth about these cable channels, about these networks. Look at ESPN. ESPN just hired Keith Oberman back. It's going to give him an expansive role. Keith Oberman is a radical left-wing kook. He's a nut. I thought ESPN was supposed to be about sports. So even there, ESPN needs to tell the truth. How many conservatives are hosts on CNN? Not talking about moderates and so How many conservatives are hosts at CNN? Almost none that I'm aware of. Now, I'm no expert on, excuse me, ESPN. I'm no expert on ESPN or their 12 uh, networks or whatever it is. But when you watch CNN, when you watch MSNBC, or you watch any of the so-called network news shows, they are utterly biased toward this president. They are utterly biased against this president, utterly biased against conservatives, utterly biased against limited government. They constantly use phrases defining us as right-wing, extreme right. So now supporting the Constitution, embracing the principles in the Declaration— Arguing for individual liberty, equality as a matter of justice, not economic outcomes. Securing a border of a nation state, which every nation state does. Having a strong military to protect the people. Supporting law enforcement so we don't have anarchy and widespread violence. Private property rights and capitalism that's given this nation the wealth that it has. You're right wing. Or you're an extremist. Or a conspiracy theorist if you disagree with the progressives. What's happened here is we define everything 
through the glasses of the progressive movement. Everything. The media, education, the Constitution, all of it. The nomenclature that we use, all of it. And so I wanted today with you to focus in on the media. Freedom of the press. What is the purpose of a free press? What is the purpose of a free press? If we can't answer that, we have a problem. What is the purpose of the free press? And I gave you many thoughts. I'm not giving you any conclusions yet. Isn't the purpose, at least one of them, to protect the principles of our republic? To challenge the powerful in public office? To report actual information called news? To give voice? Are they to give voice to any views and any group and any movement? What is the purpose of the press? And what if the press believes it has as its purpose to advance a political party or a political ideology? Progressivism. That is an attack on our founding principles. An attack on our constitutional institutions. Does any of this matter? I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. There should be no mistake. I'm not interested in the government tampering with quote-unquote the press, whatever that means. That doesn't mean we, the people, the consumers of the media. The press is supposedly in existence to protect us or to promote our principles, that sort of thing. That doesn't mean we can't wonder about the press. We can't speak out against the press or compliment the press. You know, I watch these guys, like Jake Tapper is probably the most obvious of them, and uh, really in a, a contemptuous way. He appears to be every bit the narcissist. Lecture you and me about how he doesn't like liars and he is not going to tolerate them. And I think to myself, but you are a liar in so many respects. You're a partisan in so many respects. Your entire network is. How can you sit on the weekend and watch Brian Stelter? Most of us don't, but how can you? And not conclude that this guy is anything but a left-wing hack. How can you watch this guy, Don Lemon, and not conclude that he's anything but a left-wing hack? Or Chris Cuomo, who not only has the pedigree of a left-wing hack, proves it every single day, and you can go down the list. Tell me, who is the so-called conservative host on CNN? Is there one? I can tell you who the liberal host, so-called, is on Fox. It's Shepard Smith, and there's others. Well, who's the conservative host on CNN? Who's the conservative host? On MSNBC. It's absolute groupthink. The Rockettes. The pom-pom boys and girls. They all dance in one direction. So why don't they admit it? Why don't they show they actually have intellectual integrity? Neil, Tucson, Arizona, the great KNST. Go. Mark, it's good to talk to you again. Thank you, sir. Yeah, by the way, happy Memorial Day. Well, um, you know what? I don't, I don't say happy Memorial Day. I just don't. I understand your point. I just say we honor Memorial Day and what it represents. Go right ahead. 
All right, let me get to my point. Um, your topic about the media and the First Amendment, I think what, I mean, it's just really distasteful to witness what's going on. It's attack Trump 24-7. And I'm not saying anything that not everybody knows already. Um, but what they're doing is they're creating this narrative. That they're twisting interpretations of the Constitution. Uh, alleged scholars, constitutional scholars. I mean, we're very fortunate that we have voices such as you um, and a few others. I like Dershowitz. I think he's the Babe Ruth of constitutional scholarship. Yeah, but, we'll be careful about that because one day you're going to figure he's not. I know. I know his position previously. I think that gives his voice more strength, to tell you the truth. But, again, this narrative... May, may, maybe to you, but not to me. Okay. I mean, either principles are principles or they're not. But here's my question to you, sir. Um, my question to you is, what is the purpose of a free press? Well, it's to, to create an informed public. And they've lost sight of that responsibility. What they're trying to do now is manipulate public opinion with a false narrative and misrepresentation of the United States Constitution. Mm -hmm. There's one other point I want to make to you, okay? I'm not an attorney. I wish I had gone to law school, but um, I think there's an, there's an intentional effort, I believe, to weaken the strength of the executive branch of government. And I believe this goes back to Richard Nixon, who I firmly believe now was railroaded. Okay, um, I don't know where Bernstein and Woodward are now. Okay, when we look at what's well, I, I do. Bernstein's on CNN, and he is a uh, he's a performing clown. Seen him recently? You know, maybe he's gone underground. I don't know. I just haven't seen him recently. But um, he was, you know, in the attack mode, just looking to resurrect Watergate again. I don't okay, but doesn't this prove the point? Which is basically the guy shows up repeatedly on CNN. Doesn't this, doesn't this point out what's going on here from the top at CNN? They know what they're doing over there. They know the kinds of guests they're promoting. They know about the lopsided panels. They know what kind of hosts they have and prime time and so forth. Isn't it basically a political operation? Uh, without question. Anybody who can't recognize that is not paying attention. Or so you and I aren't saying that the federal government should step in and do anything. What we're saying is that CNN has a responsibility to self-identify. And state, look, we are a progressive organization which tends to support the Democrat Party. Why don't they just say it? Yeah, they should say it. You know, the partisanship is what's most distasteful. You know, I would... But, but, but as long as they say it, so what? But they won't say it. Yeah. All right, Neil, thank you. We've been going on for a while. I appreciate your call. Let's go to Dave, Tom's River, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. Thank you very much. And I think you're the greatest. Um, actually, oh, I'm really you. interested in the subject. Uh, the, the question of a free press as it re 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 relates to democracy is what interests me because that basically says that it enables uh, public to participate in making decisions based on the free flow of information and ideas. And when, when if you think about the information originating in the government, about the government, and, and the press uh, creating the free flow of information, when, it's, when, the, when the information is changed so dramatically and lies are, are distributed instead of the proper information, then there is no free flow of information and there is no free press. So it's really pretty interesting if you take a look well, at it. Well, but here, here's, here's my point. 
I don't come on this program and pretend to be a news reporter. Have I ever come on this program and, and in any way, directly or indirectly, pretended to be a news reporter? Absolutely not. I'm a conservative talk show host. I explain what that means. I explain what conservatism means. You have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to know where I'm coming from. That doesn't mean um, that I'm not going to attack the news in a, in a, uh, a rational and, in some cases, uh, almost in a newsworthy fashion. But... You know who I am. We started a digital TV enterprise called CRTV, Conservative Review TV. CNN and MSNBC, uh, they, they, uh, they promote themselves as news operations. They are not news operations. They have some news, but so do we. We have local news and we have network news, but the Mark Levin Show is not a news show. And yet, I self-identify, honestly, but CNN will not. MSNBC will not, will they? Well, you are absolutely totally right, and there's no argument to that at all. And as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the whole situation has changed so dramatically that there is no free press. Well, they- let's uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let's slow down before we make grand, grand generalities. Let's take it to the next step. So when hosts on CNN and MSNBC say that they are protecting freedom of the press, they're not protecting freedom of the press. They're protecting their ideological viewpoint. They're protecting their party affiliation that's represented through what they say on TV. Is that not true? Absolutely. So we do have some free press in this country. What I'm saying is what needs to occur, certainly more, is they need to be honest about who they are and what they're doing. They know who they are and what they're doing when they're not on the air. They know, their producers know, their directors know, their executives know, They drive this kind of reporting, quote-unquote. They drive this kind of agenda. All right, Dave, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. John, Rockville, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Thank you for taking my call. The purpose of the media is to be the eyes and ears of we the people. I'm your age. In college, a journalism class I took, they used to call lying in the press Yellow journalism. I don't know if you remember that term, sir. It it, it 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 predates you and me. Trust me with that. It goes it goes back into the mid eighteen hundreds. But that was a bonus question on a test. So the point I'm making is is that as government has gotten bigger, more rogue, and more centralized, people like Mark Levin and John in Rockville cannot know what's going on in Washington D.C. in in Annapolis, Maryland in New York City. So you need a press who's honest to keep mm-hmm. the government in check. You're- now, this is, this, is, this is an excellent point. Now, let me ask you this, John. Let me take it one more step. Do not these media outlets I mentioned, do they not conflate Donald Trump with the federal government when, in fact, you have entities within the federal government, a massive uh, permanent civil service and bureaucracy, that is the government that we're talking about, not the individual who is elected to try and corral these various entities within the federal government is trying to reduce them. When they say they're, they're, they're reporting, quote-unquote, is to keep a check on Trump, but it's not. Their reporting is to keep a check on government, correct? Bingo, bingo, bingo. And, 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 and I'll, make, I'll make another point. When, when they go after Trump, all anybody has to know in the United States of America is that when Trump won, okay, their rage started, and all you have to do is 
look and see what they lost the day he won. They they went into a rage because he was going to go in there as a citizen politician, which is exactly how our original founders would have loved Donald Trump, because he's not a career politician. He's a citizen politician. Serve you four years. How, how, let me ask you this. How, let's be very specific. Jake Tapper, I'm using him as an example, but he's an example of a hundred. He's an example of a thousand of them. Uh, Jake Tapper, how are his viewpoints, which are open and notorious, just have to watch him. How are his viewpoints any different from Chuck Schumer's or Nancy Pelosi's or Adam Schiff's or John Brennan or James Comey? How are they any different? They're lockstep. That's white on rice. There's no, there's no interest, no interest in understanding that we the people, it's bottoms up, not top down. Well, why don't they admit, and we know why, because it's not their best interest, and that's what it's all about, their best interest. Why don't they admit who they are and what they're doing? Is it because it's much easier, and they can, and they can get away with this, this hustle, that they're the press, as opposed to they're the partisan media? Right. And I love it when they say they're protecting freedom of the press. They're protecting no such thing. What have they done to pre- Sir. You're very, very sharp, John and Rockville. What have they done to protect freedom of the press exactly? Nothing. 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 As a, matter, as a matter of fact, you could almost take it to another degree and say, in all honesty, they, they've perpetrated the dumbing down of the population. The, the people do not wake up and the people do not motivate themselves to understand these people do not have the interest of the country. In other words, what you're saying, they don't do stories on this crippling debt, how it grows over and over and over again, which is a year's worth of stories. Your other point, we have a massive government with scores of programs and departments and agencies and all kinds of things going. Do they ever report on this stuff? Never. When your back is turned, a good journalist is actually has your back. If you're we the people, they have your back. They ask, hey, Mr. Obama, where were you the night of Benghazi? Hey, where were you when you were unmasking? Hey, how do you feel about your CIA guy? How do you feel about your DIA guy? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact uh, Tapper, again, I'm, it's not him in particular. I'm just using him as a prime example. Tapper said that uh, an informant who's asking questions exclusively of Trump campaign-related individuals is not a spy implanted in the campaign. And I'm watching him. And I'm thinking to myself, you have so completely jumped the shark. You are so intellectually dishonest about what's taking place. Then you look at the FISA application and the dossier and the connection with the Kremlin and who paid for it. And then you look at the other side, the Espionage Act and how Hillary Clinton was treated the idea that there's not a single so-called journalist on CNN or a single so-called journalist at MSNBC who finds this even curious. They're in complete defense mode by the nature of the questions they ask, by the, way, the, way, the omission of material information, uh, the nature of the guests that they bring on, how they treat guests that they bring on who might disagree with them. It's a complete you know, freedom of the press. That's not freedom of the press. That's an abuse Thank you for your call, John. Excellent. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
see, the media will never report on what we're discussing tonight. It's way too smart and substantive. So they'll wait for me to get angry at some goofball who calls on the phone, and they'll tell you that's what it's all about. That's what Wikipedia does. Now, quickly, you look at uh, government radio and government TV, because NPR and PBS, that's, that's basically what they are. So, but for the government, they would not exist, despite your contributions. But for the government, they would not exist. Completely unnecessary with cable, network, and satellite TV. Completely unnecessary with terrestrial radio, satellite radio, and all kinds of uh, podcasting on various digital platforms and so forth. Absolutely unnecessary. You will never hear reports on NPR or PBS about the centralization of government, the expansion of the federal government in violation of our constitutional system because it's not in their DNA to call for their own elimination. It's not in their DNA because they're entities of that ideology. They're entities of the progressive ideology. You know, hiring out there, every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. Now, ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. So what did they do? They build a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. There's no other way, really. No other good way. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, you, my listeners, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I will not be rooting for the Warriors to win against Houston. Certainly won't be rooting for the Warriors, basketball folks, to win against either the Celtics or Cleveland. Because I've come to despise their coach know anything about their coach other than he's an old washed up NBA player Uh, but he made a statement and you'll note those of you who follow me on my social sites I immediately posted a comment I'm not even mentioning his name all right who Steve Kerr that's who it is Uh, attacking the NFL owners and league uh, for trying to get this national anthem stuff under control with the uh, with the malcontents who, uh, who like to take a knee because they are narcissists and egomaniacs and they could give a damn about the military, the police, or, or the families uh, of either. And uh, he said it was fake. He said the league was playing to these fans. Let me tell you something, Mr. Kerr, you jerk. We're the fans, but we're also the American people. And but for us, there is no basketball. But for us, there are no $40 million contracts for those basketball players. But for us, you wouldn't be making $10 million a year. 
But for us, you'd be sweeping floors in a McDonald's. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you ought to try it now and then. So why don't you keep your mouth shut, jerk? Until you have the whole country rooting against the Warriors. Go Houston! I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Let me address this issue a little differently, this Harvey Weinstein issue. He's got scores of allegations against him from scores of women. Over a period of decades. Decades. Some women are quite famous, some are not. Some women are now married, some are not. Harvey Weinstein was the king of Hollywood. He was one of the most important donors to the Democrat Party and one of the most important fundraisers for the Democrat Party. How many times did Hillary Clinton go to Hollywood? How many times did Barack Obama go to Hollywood? How many times did Bill Clinton go to Hollywood? And on and on down the list. Hollywood is a small town. The actors and actresses talk to each other. Now, all the reporting today points out that he's been charged with first-degree rape, third-degree rape, and a variety of other charges uh, involving two women and more to come. There's a federal grand jury still at work in the Southern District of New York. And yet the bigger picture is not even discussed. Let's stop playing around here. Hollywood... Powerful producers, powerful directors, powerful studios, covered up for this guy. Let me repeat that. Powerful producers, powerful directors, powerful studios, covered up for Harvey Weinstein. You and I have to sit here, watch this, listen to people unanimously, correctly condemn him, And then they move on to the next story. This is an indictment of Harvey Weinstein, an indictment of Hollywood, the culture in Hollywood, not the culture in Peoria, Illinois, the culture in Hollywood, overwhelmingly liberal, overwhelmingly Democrat, overwhelmingly rich. This is the culture in Hollywood. Eric Schneiderman, the former Attorney General of New York, the favorite among the hard left, an up-and-coming, an up-and-coming candidate in, at the federal level. He was the guy at the point of the spear trying to undo the Trump agenda. 
He was the guy at the point of the spear going after ExxonMobil. He was the guy at the point of the spear going after this one, that one, and the other one. Abusing his office, twisting the law, doing whatever he could while he was beating women. Abusing women. Several of them. Again, the Democrat Party in New York, especially New York City, knew he was a problem. It's an understatement. These women weren't quiet. They talked to other people. Word got out. Word gets out. And yet if a story hadn't been written about him by this Ronan Farrow, he would have continued on. Protected by the Democrat Party of New York. Protected by the Democrat Party in New York City. And their politicians. And their donors. Many of whom, by the way, are actors and actresses. That story's disappeared. What happened to that story? What happened to that story? Poof. Then we go to Capitol Hill. Who's the most prominent member of Congress on Capitol Hill who was forced to resign because of decades of abusing women? John Conyers, who was defended by MSNBC and Joe Scarborough. We don't talk about John Conyers anymore. The man had been in the House of Representatives for over half a century. The man had been a driving force in the impeachment of Richard Nixon. One of the founders of the Congressional Black Caucus. Why don't we hear about John Conyers anymore? Bill Clinton. Abused women. Ted Kennedy. Abused women. All the Kennedys abused women. Lyndon Johnson abused women. They mock Mike Pence. Mike Pence won't even be in the same restaurant with a woman one-on-one unless his wife is with him. And they attack Mike Pence. They have this Stormy Daniels running around. The Democrat Party are hoping that Stormy Daniels brings them victory this election. A pornography actress which I find grotesque, represented by a punk lawyer who now has a $10 million claim against him and apparently won't pay it. A porn lawyer, a slip-and-fall lawyer. The media are obsessed with that. What happened to Charlie Rose? You might say, well, Bill O'Reilly. Okay, but they always hated Bill O'Reilly. But Charlie Rose was their great hero. Everybody wanted to be interviewed by Charlie. Charlie was on CBS, the morning show. For decades, he was abusing women. According to published reports, certainly don't know any of this firsthand. I'm not a news reporter. What happened to Charlie? It's as if he never existed. What happened to Matt Lauer? On the Today Show, another noted liberal Democrat. What happened to Matt? I don't know. We don't hear about Matt anymore. He disappeared. Let's swing back over to the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. What happened to Mark Halpern? Remember how important Mark Halpern was? What happened to him? I don't know. He disappeared. 
Can't talk about Mark Halpern anymore. Now, that's not to say that these abuses and perversions and so forth are limited to Democrats and leftists. There's Republicans and conservatives who do this. But let's be honest. The vast majority are Democrats and liberals. That doesn't make it any better. But why don't they report that? Why don't they talk about that? Harvey Weinstein was the king of Hollywood. He was the king of movies. As he used to brag, he could break you or make you. And all those voices in Hollywood, trashing the president, trashing Romney, trashing all the Republicans, running to the Democrat National Convention, talking up Democrats and women's rights, they backed Bill Clinton. They backed Ted Kennedy. They backed Harvey Weinstein. They backed Eric Schneiderman. Because in the end, they're left-wing Democrats. That's what they are. And for the left-wing Democrats, oh yes, women's rights, quote-unquote, come second. The progressive agenda and power comes first. And they demonstrate it every day. And nobody comments on it. But I, but I have and I will continue. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, Mr. Producer and I were talking during the break. We have some uh, intrepid columnists and reporters now telling us that they believe the the surveillance issue, this this, you know, this police state stuff by the Obama administration was going on before there was the dossier. And we were talking to each other, and we said, you know, I've sat on this long enough. Listen to this as they as they try to outsmart one another. And next week, next Tuesday, I won't be on the air Monday. We have a great best of. I really hope you're able to listen to it. But we'll pull up what I said back in March. I already pointed this out that with respect to Jeff Sessions, there was something terribly wrong, that they had an ongoing uh, tap, apparently, of the Russian ambassador. And some of the information they got on session went all the way back to the spring of 2016. We already pointed this out. Other things clearly happened in the spring of 2016, and these guys are scratching their head, trying to find a way in to explain that it was the spring of 2016. We already know it was the spring of 2016. I'm just pointing this out. And... um, I know I don't write for certain websites and pat each other on the back, but we, we, will, we will pull that up, and I will play that for you, and you'll see uh, that that's, that's quite obvious. All right, we took a little interlude there on Weinstein and company. But let's swing back, shall we? I asked you a number of questions about freedom of the press. I want to ask you some more questions, not about freedom of the press, but about the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, and a militia properly armed. Your Bill of Rights, that's your Bill of Rights to protect you, to protect you, based on our principles in the Declaration. Your Bill of Rights, proposed by the first Congress, sent to the states, quickly ratified, 
the Second Amendment. On what basis is the First Amendment's freedom of the press a pure, a pure statement, a pure policy, a pure constitutional principle? But the Second Amendment is not. The Second Amendment is subject to statutory changes, regulatory changes, health care changes by the CDC, lawsuits against the very manufacturers who produce the products which we purchase and protect it and we're protected under the Second Amendment. On what basis is the Second Amendment less important than the First Amendment? Or for that matter, on what basis is the Second Amendment less important than the Fourth Amendment? Due process. On what basis is the Second Amendment less important than the Fifth Amendment? I'll go further. The Tenth Amendment. The Federalism Amendment. On what basis is the First Amendment more important than the Tenth Amendment? Now, some have said wrongly that they're in this order, one through ten, for a purpose. No, they're not. There are originally 17 of them proposed by the House to the Senate in the first Congress. The Senate went down to 12. The House and the Senate, over two-thirds of the members of both bodies, voted on 12 of them, sent them to the states. The states adopted 10 of them. That was the order in which they were sent to the states. We don't say, the First Amendment is the First Amendment for a reason. No, 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 no. They're all priorities. Truth is, one is no good without the other. It was a package deal. They're called the Bill of Rights. All ten of them. The Bill of Rights. I argue that the Ninth Amendment, which is dismissed as... So interesting, but irrelevant. I argue that the Ninth Amendment is a restatement of the principles basically in the Declaration of Independence. The Tenth Amendment is a crucial amendment. It's the Federalism Amendment. And some states were going to withhold their support for the Constitution because they said even in the Articles of Confederation we... We stated forthrightly the power of the states and so forth, and we don't say so in this Constitution. Okay, 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 said Madison. Okay, said Hamilton. Okay, said Adams. You're right. We will fix that in the first Congress. We'll fix a lot of these things at the first Congress. And that's what they did. They didn't say, you know what? Freedom of the press is number one above all else. Nobody said that. Who said that? None of them said that. And so we have these constant debates on whether or not the Second Amendment is real, whether the language actually means what it says. We can't really believe this, can we, that in a modern society like this, a modern society where we have weapons that can shoot fast and look militaristic and all the rest, surely the framers, they couldn't have meant what they mean today. Oh, really? So they, they passed, they wrote and passed the Bill of Rights 
just for right then, that time in history. That's it, not for the future. Now, how ridiculous is that? And as I pointed out many times, they didn't know about satellite TV and radio back then. They didn't know about cable TV. They didn't know about any TV. They didn't know about network TV and all the rest of it. They didn't know you'd be able to watch things on iPhones and Androids and this and that and all the rest of it. But the First Amendment still applies, doesn't it? Of course it does, despite technology. Now, I understand we can debate limits here and there and do these sorts of things, but, you know, I may be radical, I guess. But to me, if you want to limit one of the amendments, well, you have to pass another amendment. You want to change one of the amendments, you have to pass another amendment. The Second Amendment is as pure as the First Amendment, or as impure as the First Amendment. So if we can pass statutes, willy-nilly, we're going to ban all these types of guns, people under this age can, this one can't have this, this one this, you got to stand on your head, and you got to apply this way, you got to look over here, we got to make sure you, uh, you don't have hemorrhoids, we got to, oh, okay, great. Now, can we do that for reporters in the media? No! What are you, fascist? What are you, fascist? I'm only pointing this out because look how far we've sunk. We even, when we debate the Constitution, we know the history of the Constitution. We know the history of the Bill of Rights. We still debate it on the terms of the progressive left. Don't we? They decide what's a priority and what's not. And of course, the media under freedom of the press and the First Amendment. There they are. Advancing what? The partisan, ideological, mostly Democrat, but not wholly, agenda. When it comes to the Second Amendment. Or for that matter, when it comes to the Tenth Amendment. Or an amendment they don't like. Or a part of the Constitution they don't like. Like the Appointments Clause. So, so on what basis... On what basis? On what logical basis? On what constitutional basis? On what historical basis? Can they make these arguments? None. There are none. I'll be right back. His teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. Please don't call and ask me a stupid liberal question like, do you think the Second Amendment protects your right to own a nuclear weapon? Or a bazooka? Or you know the list. See, my response to that, ladies and gentlemen, is... We're not really talking about nuclear weapons or bazookas, are we? If Congress wanted to outlaw an individual from owning, constitutionally and legitimately addressing the issue of owning a nuclear weapon or bazooka or Sherman tank or whatever, why don't they amend the Constitution? Why don't they vote two-thirds of both houses of Congress and send to the state? It would be ratified. Is there any doubt? I would support it. Is there any doubt? So why don't they do it? Because they're not aiming at nuclear weapons and bazookas and that list. They're aiming at rifles. Semi-automatic 
rifles, semi-automatic weapons. That is, weapons commonly owned by gun owners. Weapons that are typically in the safe of gun owners. That's what they're aimed at. Nobody owns a nuclear weapon or wants to own a nuclear weapon. Most people don't want a bazooka and so forth and so on. There's a lot of issues. We could debate those about, you know, the protection of a community and so forth. But you want to, you want to change it and pass an amendment and say you can't own weapons of mass destruction. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever because we know what the framers meant. They meant commonly understood, commonly owned weapons of the sort that would... Uh, would be among a family or a hunter or an individual or whomever. doesn't matter. So I have no problem with amending the Constitution that way, but they do on the left because that's not what they're focused on. They're focused on what you own and dispossession. That's what they're focused on. So that's their game. That's their game. So why don't they pass or propose an amendment to outlaw Nuclear weapons, because they know that's easy. It'll happen. It would happen in weeks. So why don't they propose an amendment to the Constitution? That's the way you're supposed to change it. Saying that you can't have an uh, AR-15 or whatever it is, because that won't pass. So they want to continue to claim the power to limit or even confiscate what you actually use and own as a gun owner statutorily. That's why. That's why they will never propose a constitutional amendment, even one that would pass in terms of weapons of mass production. So they make these idiot arguments, and I see guys on TV with their eyes stuck to the uh, lens. They don't know how to, I don't know how to answer them. It's simple. Okay, we'll join with you. Let's outlaw nuclear weapons. I have no problem with that. Nobody should own a nuclear weapon. That's not what the framers meant. But now, if you want to deny the person an AR-15, a semi-automatic weapon, something of that sort, now let's try and amend the Constitution. No, 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 no. We can do that ourselves through statute. That's why they won't do it. Is that clear now, Mr. Producer? Well, I want to tell you about CRTV. No, I don't. Actually, I want to tell you about AMAC. Let me tell you the problem I'm having. My printer doesn't work. I'm going to try and get a new one over the weekend. It's always something. You know, you keep getting those invitations in your mailbox, don't you? In fact, you may have even already joined. And that's the AARP. Boy, I hope you haven't joined. And if you have, I hope you get out of it. That is a left-wing radical organization, in my humble opinion. But you thought, hey, it's less than 20 bucks a year, and... They keep telling you you can get, uh, you can help you with insurance plans and travel and other discounts. And it'll pay for itself ten times over. And so you joined. You joined a left-wing lobbying group that spends your hard-earned dollars lobbying against what you believe in and stand for. Well, that irritated a gentleman by the name of Dan Weber about ten years ago. So he founded AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC is also less than 20 bucks a year. AMAC also helps with insurance plans, travel, and other discounts. And AMAC's card will also pay for itself 10 times over. But here's the difference. When you choose AMAC, your dollars go to support the ideals and principles and values that you actually believe in. Like protecting our borders. Like all of the Constitution. 
like getting rid of Obamacare and more. AMAC get, uh, gets its voice from you, the member. We're now over a million strong. I'm a member of AMAC. So I'd like you to join us. It's very simple. That's A-M-A-C. A-M-A-C dot U-S. That simple. Chances are you're going to join an organization when you turn 50. Choose wisely, folks. Join the one that actually represents you and get their great benefits and discounts to boot. Nobody can match them. They're unparalleled. Join AMAC today. One more time. A-M-A-C dot U-S. A-M-A-C dot U.S. All right, let's take some calls. We've got a lot on the table, don't we? Just because it's Friday before the, the three-day weekend, man, my foot's always on the gas pedal. Let us go to Mike, Sunnyvale, California, the great KSFO. I lived in Sunnyvale, California for a period of time on a, on a street called Waxwing Avenue. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, hi, uh, Mark. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yes. Uh, I have been listening to you for many years and uh, read your books, and especially the last one, Rediscovering America. I know you you believe in the power of words, and you use words like uh, progressive. Every time I hear or read it, I cringe, because it would be much more descriptive if you used well, the only the only problem with that is nobody would know who I'm talking about. No, but you see, you see. No, let me stop. I've written about this. You should read my book, Ameritopia, where I explain that they're actually statists, and I prefer the state word status. And at the beginning of the book, my last book, Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism, I also explain why I'm using the word progressive there and not statist, because I have to use that word in in a scholarly context to explain what they say they are, and what I say they're not. So I can come on the air and keep calling them oppressives, 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 and somebody tunes in, they have no idea who I'm talking about. The reason I suggest that is because it sounds similar. No, but I, I want to make the word progressive in the political context that they use it. I want people to understand that we're talking about statism. Statism. These are people who believe in a centralized, all-powerful state to impose their agenda on you and me, to wipe out the true notion of individualism, which they redefine as a common good. It's not a common good. All right, sir, thank you for your call. I understand your point. I just can't use it that way. It is oppressive. That's, that's defining the word. There's no question about it. But if you're saying they've stolen this word progressive, I've written about that. I've explained it a thousand times, and I, wouldn't, I think the, the, the actual correct word is statism. They're statists. Let's go to Mike. San Francisco, California, same area. Sirius Satellite, how are you, sir? I'm well, sir, and yourself, Mark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Um, I was calling in reference to the uh, to the free press. Aren't they supposed to be the the guardians of our republic? And to, well, it's uh, actually a little bit more complicated than that, but that's certainly one of the primary purposes: is that a free press is supposed to be uh, promoting or explaining or endorsing the principles of the republic. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have them in the First Amendment, now, would we? No, we would not, and they're not supposed to be colluding with uh, and covering for 
for any particular party, be it. But my, but my but my follow-on point is, if you're going to do that, then label yourself as such. If you're going to be a mouthpiece for the Never Trumpers, you're going to be a mouthpiece for Adam Schiff, for Schumer, for Pelosi. You're going to be a mouthpiece for the uh, billionaire donors on the left. You're going to be a mouthpiece for Comey and Brennan and Clapper and all the rest, as you hire so many of them then you really shouldn't claim to be a news operation. You should claim to be exactly what you are, an organization that is focused on advancing that ideology and that political party, or an organization that is focused on taking out the president. Stop playing games. I, I couldn't agree more, sir. No, I mean, there's tens of millions of us who, who do not believe for one minute that CNN is a news operation or that MSNBC is a news operation. But the sad thing is, is that there's tens of millions of us that do believe it. I, I work <coughs> That's true. and I see it on all the time, and I hear people commenting. And- it's not a perfect world, sir. I'm sorry. I agree. Not everybody agrees with us. It's just the nature of the beast. Amen. All right, buddy. Thanks for your call. Let us continue. Cam, Manassas, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, Mark. I, I, I thank you for taking my call. I'm a retired Army, and I would like to honor all of the folks that have given their lives for our freedom. I have one question. When does the fake news become sedition? Well, the problem with that is I may have an opinion, and you may have an opinion. I may disagree with somebody else's opinion. And why does it matter? There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, I think it can often be sedition. I mean, if you're giving aid and comfort to the Iranians that want to blow our cities off the face of the earth, or you're giving aid and comfort to the North Korean dictator who wants to blow our cities off the earth, a face of the earth, and so forth and so on, I don't know a better definition than that. Uh, But the problem is, or the issue is, now what? And so I'm saying at a minimum, these these so-called media outlets need to stop pretending they're news operations and just identify as anti-Trump, uh, as progressive statists, as appendages of the Democrat Party, as advancing an ideology. Let's just have a little integrity here. Yes, I agree. And thank you for your service, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's nobody like my producer, Rich Cementa, which is why we call him the executive producer. But he's also the engineer. He does everything. And our man, the call screener, Richie V. March 2017, 15 months ago, 15 months ago, reading an article from the Wall Street Journal where something was buried in there. You, my beloved audience, you heard me say this. Let's play it again. Go. It goes on later. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation. Now, how many newspapers have called it that? It's been on communications between Trump campaign officials and Russia. Well, how did they get a focus on that? What did they use? Since obviously there wasn't a FISA court because Mr. Clapper said he would know. And Chuck Todd, breathlessly, almost threw up on his sneakers. The inquiry involving Mr. Sessions. There's an inquiry. Involving Mr. Sessions, an inquiry for what? Is examining his contacts while serving as Mr. Trump's foreign policy advisor 
listen to this, in the spring and summer of 2016, this goes back to the spring of 2016. How did CNN miss it? Hello? Hello, I'm live. Spring of 2016. They're already surveilling. They got sessions. That's how they got under accused. Hello? Spring 2016. Byron? Andy? Who's the rest of them? I can't remember. Hello, everybody. There's your lead. There's your lead. Spring of 2016. Had to be earlier than the dossier. It was earlier than the dossier, as I keep saying. So the fact that it was earlier than the dossier should come as no surprise to anybody. Not my eight and a half million radio listeners and my six million digital listeners. And I always have to repeat this stuff. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you the truth. Now, CRTV, you know, one of the questions we keep hearing is, Mark, we have you on the radio. You've got your Fox Sunday show. Why, then, should we listen to Levin TV on CRTV? Well, the answer is obvious. It's a totally different show with a totally different format. We have no commercials on Levin TV, no segments. And I work right through. And those of you who have Levin TV know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm in charge of the graphics, all the graphics. Uh, and my uh, and my staff and crew there, and we have our own studio. We have our own way of doing things. So uh, it's very exciting what we do. But it, but it's even more than that. When you subscribe to Levin TV, you're subscribing to our entire network, Conservative Review TV. See, we label ourselves unlike CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of them. And we have other great hosts. We have uh, Phil Robertson. We have Steve Crowder. We have Andrew Wilkow. We have Michelle Malkin uh, and many others who are absolutely terrific. Some you may not have heard of, but you might enjoy if you watch them. That's why you should join up with us. And it's very simple. We're going to give you 30 days absolutely free. See if you like it. And we're going to give you $10 off on your annual pass. It's a big cut. So it'll cost you about, uh, what is it, 8 bucks a month? Less than that. Seven and a half bucks a month, give or take. Now, $89 a year. If you have cable, you're paying twice that much every month. And most of it is dreck. What's that mean? Google it. And we'll get you all set up in five minutes. Five minutes, it's as easy as that. You'll be able to watch us on your handheld device. You can watch us on your smart TV through Roku. You can watch us on your computer, on your desk, the laptop you take with you. You can watch us at the beach, around the pool. You can watch us... Anywhere, everywhere, at any time. And I don't run my show, or the others don't run their show once, and then it's gone forever. Maybe you'll see a replay. It's there for you to check out any time you want. So give it a try now. It's the perfect time, Friday evening. Call 844-LEVIN-TV. Our people are there. We'll get you all set up and kick it into place. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. How much time do I have, Mr. Uh, Producer? All right, we have time for a call. Norris, Vancouver, Washington, XM Satellite. Go, sir. So I deployed to Iraq, and a couple of months after we were in country, the uh, president in, uh, announced the end of major combat operations, which we were no longer facing a standing force, not that we really were to begin with, but our immediate attention became the individual with the rifle, uh, and the interim president, I believe his name was Brennan or Brennan, uh, appointed by President Bush, uh, enforced their rights to carry their rifle. 
And I can tell you as a member of an infantry brigade in the world's best equipped, best trained, best funded, and strongest army, we were afraid of the average citizen with their rifle. And if that doesn't give testament to the power of our Second Amendment, I don't think anything will. And this idea, sir, and thank you for your service, that uh, 66 million of us who own 300 million weapons, that they're going to pass the law and confiscate them? How the hell do they think they're going to get away with that? Yeah, they're, they're really not. They don't, and they know they can't. And something else, if you allow me to make another statement, the, you won't read or hear in the news of the paper Patriot defending his, his rights or his liberties. What you'll read and hear is local crazy guy kills the cops. Because uh, the, the congressmen know they're not coming for the weapons. They don't have to do the heavy lifting. They're going to they're gonna pass laws. That, and a lot of the sheriff's associations, police associations, mm-hmm. are starting to politicize and push back and say, hey, we can't enforce that. Here in the state of Washington, they have that transfer law. Well, they immediately backed off of that because, <laughs> prove it. All right, my friend, thank you. We do have a case in Oklahoma, by the way, where two citizens, two armed citizens, killed a killer or a would-be killer, who came into a restaurant, a grill and bar, and started shooting up the place. Shot a woman, shot a girl, injured other people. And these two citizens, these armed citizens, these great hero patriots, pulled out their weapons and they killed him. Have you seen that on CNN today? Have you seen it on MSNBC? Anybody in Congress bringing this up? Anybody talking about it? No. No. Why? Because they're all a bunch of asses, that's why. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I wouldn't have missed this show for anything. Because, ladies and gentlemen, on this program, you and I, we have really uh, unlimited respect for our men and women in uniform. And we don't forget the people who died protecting this country. I think about them all the time, actually. Obviously, I don't know all of them. I don't know the vast majority of them. But when you think about the Revolutionary War and every war since the wars that we're fighting now and all the lives that were cut short a million young men in some cases young women it's really it really grabs your attention when you really give it some thought and may I also suggest for those who live around the Washington D.C. area or visit it you should really take some time and visit Arlington National Cemetery. Not just to see the famous, but see the unknown. Their names are there. Their ages are there. You can see when they're born and when they perished. And let me tell you what else you'll see. Every few feet you'll see a family member. Some of them on a towel or a blanket, sharing their lunch 
with their deceased son or daughter talking to them. You'll see that too. It'll break your heart. It'll absolutely break your heart. In honor of all the men and women who have perished so that we could live. And let me add all the men and women today who are in uniform, who are defending us so we can live as we live today. God bless America. Go ahead. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free.
the Coast Guard. Marines. Growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. If you shower or brush your teeth, like most of us do, or try to make your hair look presentable, those of you with hair, I've got some really good news for you. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. It's true. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All a Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. You'll feel the difference. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just 5 bucks, you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. Comes with amber, lavender, calming body cleanser, their world-famous Shea Butter, and their best razor, the six-blade executive. Keep the blades coming for a new a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Let's take some calls. Let's try to take some calls. Oh, there we are. Let's go to uh, Mark, Eastern Pennsylvania, the great WABC. Go. Uh, good evening, Mark. I would submit to you that uh, the Second Amendment has de facto been repealed already. I say that because we have what is known as the background check. What happens with the background check? You walk into the gun shop, you fill out the paperwork, and the salesman calls an anonymous government bureaucrat who then says yes or no, you may buy the gun. Well, I submit to you that if you have to ask permission to do something, for example, buy a gun, then you do not have the right to do that something. I don't know, sir. I've got five weapons and thousands of rounds, so I wouldn't say the Second Amendment is de facto repealed. Do you have any weapons? No, I don't. But um, okay, and they I'm, don't normally pick up the phone and call a bureaucrat. They send the uh, you fill out a document and they send it in to, uh, I guess the FBI or whomever they send it in to, and you get it back in twenty minutes or something like that. 
Right, but it still amounts to asking a bureaucrat, um, you know, for permission. Now, if they can do that, then it doesn't take much to make a total... It hasn't stopped me from owning weapons. I could go buy ten more weapons if I want to. In other words, you've got to make an argument that makes sense. If you're saying, look, this background test is unconstitutional... Uh, because there's nothing in there in the Constitution. you got to see what the intent of the framers were. That's why I never buy these people say, I'm a textualist. No, I read the text, and I try and figure out what the framers meant. Words have meaning, and they, they had particular meaning with respect to them. Now, if you really want to go back and really understand the Bill of Rights, those amendments, those amendments do not apply to the states. You aware of that? Yes, I am. However— Okay. All right. Let me talk to the audience here. Those amendments, ladies and gentlemen, actually don't even apply to the states. They are amendments to the federal constitution. A little over half a century ago, the Supreme Court, or a little bit longer, came up with the, the doctrine, the uh, incorporation doctrine. Uh, it wasn't really logical, but here and there, over time, they started to incorporate parts of the Bill of Rights uh, and apply them to the states. So the reason I'm raising this with the gentleman, because technically, uh, if the uh, Bill of Rights didn't apply to the states, the Second Amendment included, you'd have cities like Chicago, you know, outlawing gun ownership and so forth and so on. But the fact of the matter is I own five weapons. I have thousands of rounds. I haven't been prevented from buying what I want to buy. What I'm concerned about is the next effort uh, to control this uh, the Second Amendment and uh, the manner in which they want to change the amendment. You want to change the amendment, you amend the Constitution. That's what you do. Thank you for your call. Lou, Milford, Connecticut, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Did you say you were a textualist? No, I didn't. Oh. Doesn't anybody hear what I say? I said I've, said, I've never said I'm a textualist. I Hi. said I, 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 buy, I, I read the language as it is, and then I apply the definitions as best as you can discern based on what they understood it to be back at the time that they adopted it. Go ahead, Lou. I was just giving you a hard time because I thought you were an unlicensed gynecologist, but that's okay. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so um, let me frame this. This goes to all of your discussion tonight. We have a triple threat. We have our schools, we have the media, and we have the courts. And people are indoctrinated, even if it's only by osmosis. And they absorb these little manipulations, these little concessions over time, and they think it's what the Constitution says, but in fact it's not. And that's the problem. And the, the latest example, in my estimation, and I'm going to throw this back to you for clarification, but a court, I'm not even sure it was a district court, ruled, trying to thread the needle from what I've read, that the president has to apply uh, uh, constitutional um, obligations to his use of a private entity in Twitter. Yeah, I agree. It's, an, it's a left-wing judge. Uh, Twitter's a private entity. It's not owned by the federal government. It's not owned by the White House, not owned by the president, but there you are. She wanted to come to a result, and that's what she did. All right, Lou, I got to move. I got a lot of callers here, but you're exactly right. All right, let's get another one. We love Lou. Don't get me wrong. I just I have a lot of callers here. Let's go to Greg, Pensacola, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Mark, you probably remember back in the December of 2013, thanks to the Obama EPA regulations, the third largest lead smelting plant in the world and the last one in America had to shut its doors. Uh, the EPA regulations required them to build a new plant that would cost them over $100 million. It was cost prohibitive. They closed their doors, and there we are now at the mercy of foreign suppliers for our lead, and uh, that puts us at a severe disadvantage, a disadvantage for all small arms ammunition. All right. Big problem. Look, look, we can't even produce enough bombs at this point. All right. Let's see here. Let us go to um, Raj, Vienna, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Amen, amen, and amen after that wonderful walk through the music which has steeled our hearts. Thank you, Mark. Yes, Thank sir. you for the passion you brought to it, and especially the, the perspicacity looking at where... Huh. All this started. And I commend you for pointing to the April 16th. This is April 16th, or 16th, for what they were doing. The deep state through all these minions. But what, the, what was done to General David Petraeus? Go ahead. So, uh, the former director of the CIA who was once upon a time one of these assets, and how they pulled him down, because they've perceived him as a potential presidential candidate or potential rival. Uh, so it began way back then, and through John Brennan came in a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, the only thing is, didn't Obama pardon him? Am I wrong about that? I don't. I don't CIA. recall, to be because honest with Brennan you. Brennan and the CIA were not supposed to. CIA is supposed to do things outside the country. All right, Raj. I appreciate your call, sir. Bob Newberg, Indiana, WGBF. Go. Everyone, thank you for taking my call this evening. My wife and I have been avid listeners for the past year, and you've really educated us on thank the Constitution you. and. Uh, we just appreciate that. My comments tonight are regarding Harvey Smuckstein. Uh, mm -hmm. Just want to point out, I believe wholeheartedly he's getting what's coming to him. My question to you is... No, he hasn't gotten it yet. Do you, well, hopefully he does. But do you think Nancy Pelosi will come to the rescue of this animal? Nancy Pelosi? Well, I bring that up as a, a simile to the M13 gangs that she wholeheartedly loves, apparently. Yeah. All right, my friend. No, obviously it's a joke. Nope. All right, let's let's see if we can get somebody in here. Mario, Highland, Indiana, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Yeah, the, you were talking about uh, Steve Kerr and the Warriors. Well, mm -hmm. I've got one about the Chicago Cubs, and I've been a fan since the early 50s of the Cubs when Ernie was playing. Mm -hmm. I was watching the Sunday night game on May 6th uh, down at St. Louis where I played the Cardinals. And all the Cardinals player and, and uh, coaches stood up along the first baseline uh, at attention, hat over their heart, and they, they, uh, the camera went over to the third base side, and there were only coaches up there, no players. The players apparently were sitting in the bench. In fact, they zeroed in on Joe Madden, and Joe Madden turned around, looked at the, the bench, and he shook his head, and there they were, just the coaches. And I've never seen this before. Apparently, it's starting to happen in baseball, too. Is that right? Yeah, it looks like it. I haven't, I haven't seen that. In fact, I haven't watched a Cubs game since that night. I'm telling you, these fools just don't get it. 
these fools are destroying these these uh, these sports, these businesses, these professions. They're they're destroying them for kids in college right now and high school who want to move up the chain too. They have a responsibility to those kids behind them, uh, just as uh, you know Babe Ruth had a responsibility. They all had a responsibility. They don't care. This is the most narcissistic, egomaniacal, selfish bunch of athletes, with clear exceptions, but as a whole, that have ever played any sport. And I got to sit here and listen to these jerks who earn 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year tell us about social injustice, lecturing people who earn 40, 50, 60 thousand dollars a year and are paying 120 dollars to get a ticket. How sick is this? All right, it's very sick to answer my own question. Good news, folks. Hillsdale College is offering their free online Constitution 101 course again, but only for a limited time. So register right away at levinforhillsdale.com. Now, Hillsdale is the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use, taught by the same amazing professors. Close to one million people have registered, and if you haven't, you really should. And now's the time to do it. Now, I know this research I'm about to share doesn't apply to you, my beloved audience. Did you know, though, that one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? The First Amendment? And only 25% can name all three branches of government? But get this, 33% can't name any branch of government, not even one. This is a result of what the progressives have done to our educational system. It's intentional. So we need to help make sure that our fellow Americans understand not just those facts, but our constitutional rights, too. Constitution 101 provides you the perfect overview. So register at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You'll even get a free pocket constitution just for signing up. And you have to know liberty to defend liberty. And that's what Hillsdale College is all about. Levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Let us go to Rich Huntington, New York, the great WABC. Go. Mark, it's making it really fast. Many years ago, there was a basketball play on the first round in the, in the entire draft, the first play named Cassie Russell. And he got a lot I of money. I remember Cassie Russell. Yep. But, yep, yep. And they found him. I think he was from either Detroit or Chicago. They found him back in his hometown. To get through college, he actually took jobs as like shining shoes to get to college. And they found him doing it when he signed the contract. And they asked him, why are you doing that? He said, I didn't want to get an inflated ego, and I wanted to keep my sense of humility. Now, how far has the players today come from that? Mm-hmm. No humility at all for most of them. No, they're all, they're all narcissists. It's all... No, 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 no. They're all civil rights leaders. You don't understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they were in college, they demonstrated that they were civil rights leaders as, you know... Everybody grand old time. When they were in high school, they showed that they were civil rights leaders. And now they're really, really civil rights leaders because there they are in the middle of a stadium with 70, 60, 70,000 people. The cameras are there. Everybody's waiting to watch football. And what do they do? They exploit it. it wow. It, what just, civil rights leaders? Yeah. It, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I can't believe what's happened since I was a kid watching football. I, I couldn't even dream of this type of stuff happening. Of course not, because the left, everything they touch turns to crap. 
Everything they touch turns to crap. And you and I, we're not supposed to say a thing. Oh, social justice. Well, of course, America sucks. Uh, you know, we had slaves. Uh, uh, we had this. We did that. We did this. We did that. What a magnificent country we are. And the vast majority of Americans of every faith and race and sex love this country. And we are sick and tired of the people who keep putting it down. And you know what? When you put down this country, Rich, you put down us, the American people. We are this country. It's not an inanimate object. It's a vibrant civil society. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, America in your honor. Here we go.
weekend begins right now. And we salute our armed forces and all those who gave their life for this magnificent country. Thank you. Thank the families. We salute our police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Our precious, precious dogs. Get Al-Qaeda. Get Hamas. Get Hezbollah. Get all those subhuman cockroaches. I'll see you on Tuesday. God bless you.